today on Laura Lynn and Friends. But what we're interested in is the truth uh, and, and telling real stories. We are, I think, like everybody else, heartily sick of just trash TV. I'm just tired of it. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of The Last Days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler-Thompson, and we have really a very somber show. Um, in between, we're going to have a wonderful interview with an incredible storyteller. He's a documentary maker. His name is Nick Coleman, and uh, they tell they tell the stories that uh, make all of all of us go wow. Like, what is life about, and and how weird is this? And, and everything from you know aliens to uh, you know issues, uh, people's true life stories, um, plane crashes. That's one in their future, but. It's going to be fascinating. Before we get to our guest today, you all know and you've heard this shocking news, shocking, that that our government would want to criminalize and imprison people like myself, people who tell the truth every single day. Why do we have to tell the truth? Because we know that the CTV, CBC, global conglomerate are not speaking the truth. Why? Because they get $400 million a year to, to basically tell their lies and to be puppets for the Liberal government. So it's a very slippery slope when we tell you that children are in harm's way, that religious freedom is at stake, all kinds of things that we share with you. When we tell you that Canada is leading in assisted suicide, it's disgusting, it's disturbing. When we tell you that Canada is is literally one of the leading places to, to take away the freedoms of its citizens. It's like a communist country. So I want to put up, uh, just to begin, uh, very quickly, I was reading in John 12 this morning, and these two scriptures came to my view. And it says, Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Nothing's changed. Everybody's so afraid of not having the praise of man that they cannot be vocal and courageous at this hour. Everyone is so afraid that if they speak up, maybe they're going to be in trouble, that bills like this are, are terrifying to them. The bill that the Liberal government wants to pass. And do you know what it says here? Uh, it says that because the Pharisees, they believed, they believed in Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, because of the religious leaders, have you noticed the compromise of the church? Have you noticed that those who should be standing for our values, who should have been salt and light, who should have been investing themselves into the education systems of our, of our countries so that our kids don't think that they're gender fluid, very soon, what I'm saying right now could be deemed to be not protection of children from a sick ideology. Very soon, what I'm saying right now could land me in jail. Very soon, it could land me with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of fines so that I'm no longer able to speak what is right and what is true. I want to give you a very brief clip. I, I know Ezra Levant has a way of sort of unpacking it, and he was with a guest and they unpack this latest bill. So take a listen to this. Well, I went through a 17-page media handout that the government gave yesterday, and I'm sort of marching my way through uh, the bill. I'm, <laughs> I'm only at page 17, so I, you know, I'm taking my time. Maybe, I presume that you've read it. Instead of us going through it you know, section by section, maybe you can tell me what concerns you the most sort of skip ahead to the bad parts uh, so to speak what do you think is the worst part of this or there's probably several of them you know ezra to pick a worst part i think i think one of the worst parts we can find is the amendment to the criminal code that they are wanting to put forward to allow for people anyone with the consent of the attorney general of canada to bring an information forward to say not that you have committed a crime, a speech crime, a, but that you may commit a crime, that they have reasonable grounds to believe that you will commit a crime. And what kind of crimes are we talking about? We're talking about crimes such as inciting hatred or uh, the most recent uh, amendments to the criminal code that have passed, uh, you know, downplaying the Holocaust. And in order for them to come to court and say you haven't committed this but we think that you will commit this crime a provincial court can then order you 
on the basis of someone else's uh, belief, has to be reasonable, but that's in the eyes of a court to find, they can order you to undertake a recognizance. And that is a court order that you promise to do a bunch of different things. And under this new piece of legislation, it's not just a normal kind of undertaking, you know, we're going to keep the peace. It's we can put an ankle monitor on you. We can issue a curfew that keeps you in your house. We can order that you submit your bodily fluids for the registry. We can- Pause right there. Uh, I want to call that up on the screen. Olivia, can you, um, in the PDF document, type in the word recognizance? And it's the seventh uh, or the sixth. Um, it's one of the first hits there. Scroll ahead to where it says conditions in recognizance. Because Marty's talking about, you, know, you click ahead to the next one. You know how you can go to the next one and find. And then the next one. And then, yeah. So the provincial court may commit the defendant to prison for a term of not more than 12 months if the defendant fails or refuses to enter the recognizance. And then Marty, I'm just going to rattle through the recognizance. I'll go straight back to you. I just want to show on the screen, as you mentioned it, the provincial court judge may add any reasonable conditions to the recognizance that the judge considers desirable to secure the good conduct of the defendant, including wearing an electronic monitoring device, return to and remain at their place of residence, so house arrest, abstain from the consumption of drugs, uh, of alcohol, provide for the purposes of analysis a sample of bodily substance, um, provide a sample on regular intervals, abstain from communicating directly or indirectly with any person, or refrain from going to any place. Firearms, ban from firearms, surrender anything. I've never seen such a draconian is this the provision you're talking about? I haven't got this, this far ahead, but I, I did. Yeah. I mean, I was familiar with this with the earlier version of this bill. Is that what you're talking right. about, Marty? This is what I'm talking about, Ezra. Like, this is is so bizarrely draconian. And again, you do not find these kinds of conditions for even serious crimes. You find these kind of conditions being imposed on someone who has been, uh, there's evidence against them for committing actual terrorism. And what we are talking about here, Ezra, we're not talking about someone actually having committed offense. No, if you go up to section uh, sub three under adjudication, we're talking about a provincial court judge finding that an informant has reasonable grounds for the fear that you will do something that violates the speech provisions of the criminal code. And and just to remind you uh, of of how broad our criminal code speech provisions are getting, and they're going to get broader under this bill if it passes. Um, we're talking about provisions such as, um, and it lists it there, 319 sub 2 of the criminal code. And what is 319 sub 2 of the, uh, 2.1 of the criminal code says? It says everyone who, by communicating statements other than in private conversation, willfully promotes anti-Semitism. Of course, we're all against that by condoning, denying, or downplaying the Holocaust. So what we are saying is that if this law passes, if someone is concerned that someone else might be, might in the future downplay the Holocaust, well then a, they can take that concern. And if that concern is found to have reasonable grounds, that other, the judge in that case can issue an order that you submit to a recognizance with all of these conditions, or if you don't submit to a recognizance, that you go to jail for a year. Wow. So that's where it's at, everybody. And uh, you know I'm a big mouth. And I got here because I was with a Christian organization as a national television host. And when I began seeing what they were telling our kids, I spoke out as a mom, as someone very concerned that my little precious boy, who has an identity given to him by God, was being told that maybe God made a mistake and maybe he's a girl. So I began talking about that and showing what they put in the curriculum. And I was axed from my Christian organization, not because they didn't agree with me, but simply because they weren't willing to stand. So this kind of assault is now coming to us from all angles. And if the, if the 
the people within our own belief system will not stand, how will anyone stand? How will anyone stand? And so uh, I'm pretty shocked at all of this. Later on in the show, at the end of the show, I'll share with you the um, Criminal Code of Canada, uh, 162.1, which already um, it, it already stops and should be stopping all child pornography. It should be stopping anything that has to do with sex trafficking and things like this. We have criminal provisions. This is they're putting they're they're piling a whole bunch of things into one place so that basically they've got everybody. They've got everybody, and you either remove your post within 24 hours or you face huge fines. And if somebody doesn't like you, and how many of you have been following me long enough to know that lots of people um, don't like me in, in certain communities because I dare to speak the truth in love, I might add, because I know that we are all loved, we're all powerful, but I do not have to agree with your position in life in order to have peace in my country. That shouldn't be how it is. This is not China. We do not live in Syria. Freedom of speech is fundamental to having a country that is literally, you know, you know, a place you want to be. If you want to live in a country, I would only ever want to be in a country where I could operate in complete freedom with who I am. Well, let's uh, let's go to our guest because we have a real treat today. And uh, that is Nick Coleman. And these guys, I, I, I want to give Nick an opportunity to share what they do. And we do have a clip of some of their work. They have done um, a, a lot of documentaries, let's say on 9-11, on uh, the, the Roswell alien issue, all kinds of things. So Nick, we just welcomed you to the show. Thank you so much for spending time. I know it's late there in the UK. Thanks for uh, it's you know, not that getting late. the kids to bed and spending time. Not too late? Okay. Thank you. It's, uh, it's just a, a little bit, uh, it's 25 minutes past eight over, uh, over here All in the right. UK. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not that late. Great well, to be listen, on the show. I, I've uh, heard of I you guys. Say, yeah, you do great work. Tell us about it. Give us sort of a, the, you know, the inside scoop on your organization and these documentaries, how you've come to produce them. Uh, I, I guess we're um, we're two things. We're, we're storytellers um, first and uh, first and foremost. We were talking about being transgender. Well, we just for a moment there, I was Maxine, uh, but <laughs> fortunately returned to my right name there. That's right. Having a little, having a little, Sorry li about that. little smile with your production people there. It's okay. No, it's gender fluid. Um, so um, we, we stand for uh, uh, we stand for the truth, uh, not in a not in a campaigning. Um, Way, although we have been involved in campaigning videos, um, I'm an ex-BBC um, uh, journalist, uh, but also uh, been out there and done a lot of other uh, things in my life. I have a very young team. I've got a family-based team as well. So uh, my daughter is our uh, managing uh, director, uh, but then all of the team uh, that we've got, we like to say that we've uh, grown them ourselves. So most of our uh, staff who are very, very young but very highly experienced, uh, we kind of got them as embryos and then. Um, develop them ourselves. So we make a whole wide gamut of programming, which hopefully some of your viewers would have seen. We sell all over the world. We sell to, to Netflix, to Amazon, to um, your colleagues at, at Blue Ant in, in Canada who run uh, uh, some of your channels over there, to History Channel, uh, China, Korea, Australia. We make uh, very serious documentaries. So we just made uh, 60th anniversary of John F. Kennedy's um, assassination. We made that for History Channel wow. uh, across the world and for Channel 4 in the UK. Uh, two very different documentaries. We uh, do um, we, we do some feature documentaries that we take to film festivals. So we've just made uh, one that's called To People Like Us. That uh, Somebody came to us originally with a concept for a pro-life um, documentary, which we didn't feel would, would sit very easily uh, with a lot of audiences. Uh, but what we ended up making was uh, a documentary about what can happen if you do see through a life where some people may choose to uh, abort a child if they know they're going to have severe intellectual disabilities. I don't want to get drawn politically on that. That's people's individual decisions. Um, so we wanted to demonstrate what can happen if you do see through that life uh, and, and see a value in person, somebody who may only live until they're in their 20s, um, so it's called People Like Us, a, a remarkable organization in Oklahoma called the Center of Family Love, a faith-based organization that look after people with severe intellectual uh, disabilities 
uh, through their entire life, but for free. Um, so they have a little bit of state aid, but they raise money. So we, we went off on some remarkable adventures for that. It's a, a very, wow. very stirring um, I think we have a trailer a on that. Watch. Nick, should we yeah, show that? Oh. Should we show the trailer then now? I, we would love to see it beautifully put together by one of my colleagues, Rachel Bull, this trailer. Yes, that's why I'm here. Why do people don't like the way we are? I kind of feel like my brothers judge me. Sometimes the world doesn't see you. They see your learning disability. Some people look at them and not think them as human beings. Someone pushed me for no reason. Every man, woman, and child with a disability can now pass through once closed doors. Can now pass through once closed doors. We would like to think that we've come a long way with social diversity, with equality, treating everyone with respect, trying to get the very best out of every individual. It all started a long, long time ago. We may not be perfect, but we're on the right track, aren't we? We want him to be treated right. And, and, and people, they just don't, like, disabled and, hand, and handicapped. I just thought I was like, just like the rest of the kids, you know? I had like a rough life. I was diagnosed with brain cancer. When I was two. When I was 13, I got in a car wreck with my brother and I almost lost my life. I went through chemo, radiation. They found a brain tumor about a year later after that car wreck, which changed my life dramatically. This is the chance to begin to build something so innovative, something that's never been done like this before, because this is just the beginning. Wow, I don't know if it's because I haven't had enough sleep, but I'm emotional just watching that. Um, I've been under a lot of stress, so I'm like, wow, this is just really, it's, really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, that uh, that particular package, the whole, um, it, we, we were talking about, you know, sort of uh, people and talent and truth telling. So the whole package is put together by a young lady called uh, Rachel Bull. She's only 24. Uh, she's got about 40 hours of broadcast experience uh, behind her, meaning 40 hours that she has put into broadcast marketing. You can imagine for somebody who's just 24, that's, you know, the industry. Uh, started with us when she was 16. Uh, for the first two weeks she was with us, I could not wait to get rid of the girl. I thought she was a disaster, a walking disaster. But she's, she's blossomed and grown um, and somebody who we gave a chance to. But, but anyway, the documentary is remarkable. Um, I shot it out there with my colleague Luke Holliday, uh, uh, Ellie Coleman and uh, Byron Webster. Absolutely remarkable um, content. The resilience of the, uh, the resilience of the people involved is is just absolutely uh, astonishing. Um, and as I say, we won some uh, film festivals with it, and uh, we're now putting it into broadcast distribution. So uh, when that comes up, uh, that will absolutely be worth um, uh, 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 worth taking a look at. Uh, that's so. That's that's at the far end uh, of what we do in terms of, of very. Um, very strong, very emotional content. We've also done quite a bit of work wow. with post 9-11 wounded veterans. But on the flip side, right. we've also done the, Ros the Roswell conspiracy, a whole load of fun. And we're working on a, we're working on a documentary for next year that is the history of the thong. That's to say the women's underwear garment. Well, not actually, <laughs> not just women, but I was lot. wondering if you meant that thong. I do mean that thong, yeah. 50 years of the, of the thong, but actually it's a fascinating story about the cultural impact uh, that it's had. So, so we make a, a load of stuff, but what we, we do lots and lots of World War II content, lots of aviation content. Many, many viewers in Canada and America would have seen our series Plane Resurrection and uh, History's Greatest Aircraft. We uh, covered D-Day very heavily in uh, five years ago for the 75th anniversary. We did the same for the 80th. But what we're interested in is the truth. Uh, and, and telling real stories. We are, I think, like everybody else, hopefully everybody else, heartily sick of just trash TV. I'm just tired of it. I'm exhausted with it. I'm old. Right. 
I don't. I, I just right. I can't bear. I don't think. You, I don't know whether you have Love Island in in Canada, but all of that kind of stuff. I'm just exhausted with this nonsense. And thankfully, in the post Game of Thrones television world that we live in, uh, thankfully the the tide is turning to some serious documentaries, and um, and we've got involved in some a couple of campaigning documentaries. One, which I'm sure would um, would appeal to you, that was online only. Uh, it's called When We Stand. Um, it's about a church in Oklahoma, a small church, with a, uh, a very eccentric um, uh, pastor, who I'm sure he won't mind me saying that, Pastor Danny. And uh, they chose to run a, uh, a childcare operation. Uh, but they ran it in a, uh, a manner that had a sort of Christian, um, you know, a, a Christian uh, foundation to it. And the state of Oklahoma... And I'm sure this will chime with the state of Oklahoma came along and said, actually, no, uh, we think you're preaching uh, to these uh, children. So we are going to take away your state funding. Um, and uh, the pastor involved said, yeah, OK, that's fine. Then. If you're going to take away the state funding, I will subsidize it myself. That turned into an enormous face off between the social services department um, in Oklahoma. And I can freely call them out because we gave them an opportunity to speak in the documentary. Um, the documentary uh, has evidential material in there that shows that two state uh, two state representatives, mid COVID, wearing black face masks, took a three year old child into a room that did not have CCTV. They elected to uh, exclude the staff from the school, and they interrogated this three year old child as to whether or not she had uh, fallen over or been pushed over in an incident by a teacher three-year-old child closed room no staff present uh masked up i i would imagine they mentally scarred the child for life anyway the upshot was that the uh the pastor had taken against the state uh, the state wanted all their money back from five years worth of you know the state subsidy where you come along with a card and you sort of put the card in the machine and it pays the state contribution to the child care uh, we went out there with a very campaigning um uh, brief. The police ended up on the premises at one point. We filmed with the police. The police were there, the social services people were there, but in fact uh, the police were present um, in an effort to throw the social services people off the place. Basically, we, we, we did fundraising for that. Uh, we went out there, um, put the documentary out there, ran it online for these folks, and to my great delight, I'm not suggesting we were at the core of it, but about eight weeks later, the state decided that there was no case to answer. Uh, we gave them the opportunity to uh, answer. Um, we had perhaps slightly audacious, but we sent them a preview copy of it. And um, when the light was shone on to the truth of the situation, it paled away. Had we not have done that, I'm not praising us, somebody else paid us to do it. But had we or people like us not shone that light uh, of you know inquisition onto it um maybe that wouldn't have gone away maybe danny would be facing some type of criminal financial charge from the state of oklahoma i don't know we got very well with the state of oklahoma as it so happens but um yeah uh, so so we campaign and uh, we look for the truth and justice and we look for great stories to tell good for you um I, i'm i'm thrilled to hear this you know um in hearing what's going on in canada do you have no censorship or are you able to do documentaries on any topic? Is there no, no one's coming down on free speech in the UK? Uh, some activists would tell you that we're constrained and limited, but the answer is no, we're a commercial company. So we can only get away with whatever we can sell because we have to sell the documentaries. Um, However, no, I have never in uh, 40 years of journalism as a, as a, a radio journalist uh, and latterly a documentary maker, I have never seen uh, any real restriction on free speech uh, in the UK. Not genuinely recognisable um, restrictions. Uh, what's the old phrase? I can't remember who said it. Um, but somebody said, um, uh, I may not agree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. That is genuinely something that is pretty well upheld uh, in uh, in the UK. I often do not like it, and believe me, we do have 
uh, we have the loony left and we have the loony right uh, here. So we have those who feel it is uh, it is okay um, to uh, threaten our members of parliament, um, you know, threaten their lives uh, in support of um, the Palestinian uh, viewpoint uh, on what's going on uh, at the moment in the Middle East. Uh, and then on the flip side, we also have, you know, um, anti-Semites and, and, and fascists who believe, you know, in, in disrupting, you know, what has been a, a pretty happy mix in uh, a pretty happy uh, uh, mix of, uh, of people in the UK. But in terms of, of, of right of speech and, and certainly in terms of broadcast, no, we've never run up against it. Um, we have never probably pushed the boundaries far enough to um, we've probably never pushed the boundaries far enough within what we do uh, to encounter it. We have certainly pushed the boundaries in terms of the absurd um, but everybody likes a little bit of, of absurdity. Well, um, to, well to speaking hear what, of that, what to about... hear some of the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well the Roswell, like speaking of the absurd, I mean um, at, at one point, I mean, me. nobody's talking about <coughs> nobody's talking about Roswell. Um, you know, it was all hidden information. Um, were you able to uncover some interesting things in that documentary? Not to spoil the whole thing, because people would like to see it. Well, I hope I've got five minutes because yes, I can do, give you some gems on this. The documentary you do. Is You've called, got five um, minutes. Uh, I want to know well, if the there's aliens. That's what I'm about to tell you, or not. Um, uh, so the documentary is called Roswell 75, uh, The Final Evidence, fronted by a brilliant, brilliant scientist and presenter, a guy called Dr. David J. Hall. Um, go and look him up online. He, he, he does some remarkable stuff. He's brilliant at working with people's brains and our perception of things. So we really went there with a, a, a sort of open viewpoint to try and understand uh, whether or not anything happened. So, spoiler... But it's worth watching the documentary anyway. Here's the noise, here's the news. No, uh, an alien aircraft did not land or crash or anything else at Roswell. No bodies were taken away. However, it's a fabulous tale. Um, you know, uh, King Arthur didn't probably really it probably exist. Excalibur wasn't stuck in the stone. But we all love to go to Disney and try and and, and pull Excalibur out of the stone, don't we? And uh, that's the same with with Roswell. So we managed to unearth in our um, in our documentary, we managed to unearth firstly a police officer who, to his dying day, literally, uh, swore blind that he um, went to pick a prisoner up. He's from Texas. He went to pick a prisoner up from Roswell and uh, somehow got involved with the supposed crashed UFO. Boy, he saw the bodies. He saw the uh, recovery people. He saw all of that. He is highly, highly credible and convincing on some videotape that we unearthed from 1991, I think it was, uh, just a few years before his passing. Highly credible, beautifully uh, put together. It's a, it's beautiful for us because it's a, an amateur videotape that was done by a local journalist. So there's no edits and so on in it. It's, it's just the sort of stuff that you and I, you know, really like because you can see it's raw and it's there. And we seized on it and. We watched the whole thing through, and the guy, the guy has no reason to lie. He get paid for this, no reason to lie whatsoever. Um, simply remarkable. And he ends the interview, um, just as you get into the climatic point, he ends the interview by saying, oh, sorry, wait a minute, what's that? His doorbell had rung, and he said, oh, that's Julie from the post office. I've got to go, and gets up and walks off. Uh, so we looked at that tape. Fantastic. You'll see it all in there. Um, we put it in there. Of course, when we did do further research into it, we found that he couldn't have been there. It was all the dates and so on wrong. But even even more significant than that was a an audio tape that we passed, or rather a transcript of an audio tape. We heard the original audio tape. We couldn't get the rights to that. Uh, but we took the transcript and, and go and research this one because it's fascinating. There, is a, there was a young lady. Um, I cannot off the top of my head remember her name, but... I'm in contact with one or two of my colleagues whilst I'm speaking. I'm sure one of my colleagues will send it to me. There's a young lady who provably, uh, it was recorded, was an assistant to Albert Einstein in 1947. Uh, so that's proven. She worked at the, or, or she was a student at the university. She's one of Albert Einstein's study groups. 
Um, she, for sure, did work with Albert Einstein. She later on became a high-ranking professor, a very, very credible university, which I don't recall right now. Uh, as we got into the 1990s, I'm trying to trace her name. I'm sure one of my colleagues is about to tell me. Um, as the 1990s came round, um, she recorded an interview with a, a local journalist, recorded it in a cafeteria at the, uh, at the university, in which she claimed, and at this time she's still a high-ranking, she was still a high-ranking professor at this university, she claimed to have been to the crash site with Albert Einstein, telepathically communicated with the aliens, she had a lot of seemingly credible information about the aliens, there was no humour in her, it wasn't done as a spoof, Clearly, the woman was speaking and believed every word that she said. Now, I have to say at that point, why on earth would you do that? Why would you do that? You're at a university. You, you've, the tape didn't come out until years later. It's proven to be a genuine tape of her. We include that. We did a reenactment of that, which we actually did in a corner cafe in a little town called El Reno in Oklahoma. Um, so I'm fascinated by the myth that's grown up around it. My general feeling, though, is um, I, I think uh, we do have off we by we I actually mean the the Western military. Excuse me. <coughs> I believe we do have our uh, our fingers on some technology that is inexplicable to our current knowledge. Um, I believe statistically we'd be pretty arrogant if we thought that we were a life form on our own. In fact, I'm being told that the, uh, the, this was something called Dr. Shirley Wright. So perhaps your viewers can go and look for that. Dr. Shirley Wright was uh, one of Einstein's um, assistants. So statistically, we look at all the stars out there. I can't remember what the, math, the maths is. Um, the likelihood of us being alone, mm, I think it's fairly thin. Um, are aliens mm. whizzing by in their you know, intergalactic Teslas? Uh, popping by, dropping down on the planet to look at us? No, I don't think so. Uh, would we recognise them if they were here? Probably not. Gas. They could be a silicon life form. Um, you know, the, the phone that you've got plugged in there, that could be an alien, actually, masquerading as... You know, if we think that aliens are going to come out of the craft and they've got two arms and two legs and a head like just about every alien on Star Trek, bad news. I don't think it's what it is. Bodies of Roswell, no. Was there a cover-up of Roswell? Yes, there was. Because, in fact, that device that had, uh, had fallen from the sky was a high-level radiation detector uh, that was being used to detect whether or not there were uh, um, atmospheric tests being done by the Russians. That's what the cover-up uh, was about. Very, very convenient to say, oh, it was uh, aliens. If we think back to the mid-80s, lots of strange lights around Groom Lake, around Edwards Air Force Base. The, uh, the USAF at the time played up the, we don't know what these are. Well, alien spotters, of course, it was the perfect cover, cover for the stealth fighter. Um, so it's fascinating. I continue to be fascinated by it, um, and I continue to wonder, are we alone? Is there something sneaking through from some other kind of dimension? You might call it heaven. You might call it hell. I, I, I really don't know. Um, but I don't think that um, in an underground facility, and funnily enough, you're in Denver, I'm, I'm right in saying, I think, at the moment. Yes. Are you yes. anywhere near the airport? Well, if you're um, in Denver I'm or near the airport or at minutes. the airport. Right. Well, uh, if you're near the airport, when you go at Denver Airport, just ask some of the... Uh, if you can find any of the airport management, ask them about the alien okay. base underneath Denver Airport. Airport, Because oh. there's a rumour there's an alien base. In fact, it's a complete oh. myth, uh, but, but the city of Denver have played up to a complete myth because they have an underground trolley system that was originally designed to move all the baggage and everything else. It was going to be completely underground when Denver was built. It didn't work. It's used as service tunnels now. From that grew a myth that there were aliens there, and you'll also find in some of the mosaics, they happen to be kind of similar to some Masonic symbols and so on. So the answer is, wow. no little green men, Lynn. So, that, so this is the first time I've ever heard this. Um, I know people will be wanting to know where they can see, so we've got to cover where we can see 
uh, your documentaries. They sound amazing. And even the one on JFK. But I, I have to say, I'm just so smitten with your voice. I, I feel like I'm talking to Ricky Gervais, you know, from The Office. Uh, he's the creator of I, that Office comedy series. Yes. And, and funnily enough, um, well, we're going to spin off a little bit. I don't know whether you've seen any of Ricky Gervais' stand-up. Um, I have. It is not politic. It is not politically correct, but he makes some very, very, very good points, and some points oh, that I'm sure politically um, uh, align with you. So, for instance, there is yes. one line when he's talking. And I don't wish, wish to offend. I'm not going to say anything bad, but there is uh, right. there is one line. There's one line that tallies what you were saying about gender. So Ricky Gervais does a bit of stand up, and he's talking about the possibility of somebody being raped which is obviously not uh, in any way humorous, but somebody being raped by somebody who is transgender. And he makes a reference and says, well, you know, um, she raped me. Uh, uh, sorry, he raped me, to which he makes the point that if it's a transgender person, you would have to say, she raped me. It's, yeah. you know, he runs he runs very close uh, to the limit. But I yeah, think that's... I mean, it's also confusing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and, and and he's he's somebody who is who has really got his uh, his finger on the pulse of uh, a lot of people. So didn't want to get controversial oh. uh, there, but um, well, you know, they reported. Now, can I ask like you? Recently, as a, sorry. Yes. Sure. Mm. No. No. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Ask me something. I was going to ask you. As, I was going to ask you as a Canadian, um, because obviously you know you're just British with a, a different sort of veneer painted over you. Um, right. So. As a Canadian, what do you make of the American uh, political stance at the moment? Because we've got um, Joe Biden, who, you know, I'm probably politically maybe aligned with Joe Biden. Uh, I think the Americans, and I exclude, I don't mean North Americans, I mean the country of the United States of America, not Canada. Yeah. So the Americans believe a right winger and a left winger, what they fail to realise is they've actually got two right wing parties, just the ones a little bit further than uh, right, like in there. Canada. That's you, how you, we feel. Yeah, yeah. You have no, yeah. There's no conception of what socialist socialist government we've, we've had over here. So, where does where does Canada as a country stand on, um, you know, America being governed by either you know the undead Joe Biden, um, bless his heart. Um, and I, that's how he comes back. Hope he to retires to a rocking diet. chair. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's lovely to see somebody, you know, from an elderly care home actually do, doing something useful in society. Um, do, do you stand behind <laughs> Biden or do you stand behind the tremendous, tremendous Donald Trump? is a wonderful, wonderful guy, great guy, great guy. Um, so is, uh, what, what do Canadians think? Or are you all looking down there going like, oh, we've got to so, I think um, a lot of people, like even in the United States, a lot of the people that would align with Biden are going Trump. Uh, there's a tremendous Ooh. amount coming out. Uh, at least with Trump, crazy as he is, they felt that he protected the country. People aren't safe because you've got all these open borders. Over three million people, I think it's it might be even higher, have come into the country. Nobody really knows where they are. Um, my greatest concern has been 26,000 um, military-aged Chinese like nothing nothing of this makes sense there's a, a very growing concern that there's something happening that we're not aware of that we don't know what it is but something's very wrong it's very wrong I don't know what what president in his right mind wants to allow um, for an open border where millions of people can come in and it's affecting now all of the different states they're beginning to move into different areas it's very hard. Not only that, um, you know, with Binder, uh, with Biden, he has put in just uh, today. I was reading. He wants to make it mandatory that boys can go into girls' bathrooms across the United States. Um, they they have the worst abortion you know policies ever. Like they don't care about life. So all these things don't really align with now, my side. You, but I'm fascinated. Do you believe that to be, to be true, or are we all victims? of uh, media distortion because do you think there is a piece of legislation uh, going through that actually says that young men young boys should be encouraged to get into female bathrooms i or uh, is the is the legislation in fact maybe gender neutral bathrooms i don't know but that's why we're at the point you should always question things 
Can I also say, I yes. noticed that, that, yeah. that Trump, uh, <coughs> uh, I think to, to put a perspective on what's happening in the world, um, uh, I noticed that Trump is building a, wants to build a wall on the southern border. I noticed there's mm. no intention to build a wall on the northern border to stop all you Canadians from, from flocking into well, the land of plenty. <laughs> yeah, because we're not smart enough to leave yet. And we should. I That's... think there might come a day when we are really? all like headed for the border with all our yeah. stuff and abandoning Canada. I mean, if I'm going to be put well, you're in welcome jail. To Britain. Good. Thank you're you. You're welcome to Britain. That might be another option. Uh, you can come. Thank I mean, you. If, look, if, if jail beckons for you, you and your husband can come and use our spare room. Really. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you what. I don't want to go to jail, but I don't want to be silent either. So it's ridiculous that I'm in a country where they can take a, a little boy's penis off, they can take young girls' breasts off and and say that if we try to convince them that this could be very the wrong decision for them and they should wait at least till they're adults and they can make the same mm. ridiculous decision. Uh, but if yeah. we try to say that, that maybe we're causing hatred, you know, and, and mm. we're not. We actually love these kids. They're so confused by what, you know, these schools have said to them. So it's really, our country has become a, a very bad place like when i participated in the truckers convoy um in 2022 that was the greatest move of god and i know that you have a faith in your life and you know it you have many different uh you know perspectives obviously you're sort of a, a balanced um in, in all of that i mean but we we went there because we were not allowed to eat in restaurants um if we were unvaccinated or not willing to wear a mask at one point, but the unvaccinated got that we couldn't work unless we took this, you know, experimental drug. Now, if you want to take that, that should be your choice. But if you don't want to take it, how can a nation force people to lose their jobs? How can doctors, nurses, teachers be forced out of their lifelong, uh, you know, pursuits in their careers because they don't want to take an experimental drug. Like it became so evil. And then he froze bank accounts. Some people's bank accounts are still frozen. Then we have political prisoners wrongly imprisoned, much like the J6 in, in the US. So we feel like we're in a, a very falling Canada and maybe we all should be running towards the American border. If it's any better, I don't know at this point. Is that not then our job, people like you and me, to not judge people, but to take the get the truth flashlight of the flashlight of broadcast and 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 broadcasting talent and journalism, and simply shine it into the dark uh, corners for everybody to make their own yes. decision? Yes, that's what I love about what you do. I love that, and uh, the fact that you've exposed that the Roswell thing that. It's not what any of us would, at the beginning of this talk, would think, oh, yeah, I think that it, they found aliens. I mean, that's been a given. It's, it's what you're you saying, want it to be. It's not. It, mm. it, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you simply should be, uh, you simply should be open-minded. Um, I'm, I'm aware you're short of time. I'm just going to leave you with, with D-Day coming up. Yes. Um, I, I want to just put one thought in your mind about um, how we, collectively, all of us, as a... Uh, as a viewing public and also producers, have often been led by the nose uh, in terms of um, an excessive desire of uh, a lot of folks to um, create something that is, excuse me, sure. recovering from COVID, that's how it happens, but um, oh. we've often been led. Um, I yeah, it's all right. I'm a, I'm a few days out now. Um, it, it's, we have often been led by this desperate rush to make everything so politically correct, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, there should always be equality, whether that be sex, gender, or, or whatever else. But five years ago, when we were um, preparing our uh, D-Day, our D-Day documentary of that time, we were working with a, a different distributor that, to, those who we, uh, to those who we work with today. That distributor was so concerned about trying to make a D-Day documentary that was inclusive and appealed to a general audience. Now, whichever way you like to look at it, D-Day wasn't terrifically good on either side. A lot of Germans died, a lot of British and allies died, a lot of civilians died. There wasn't anything good 
about D-Day except for the for the, the fight for right. They actually came to us, and I think this probably encapsulates a lot of the media thinking today. They came to us and said, this D-Day documentary you've got planned, um, what is the female angle on it? Because there's not a lot, lot of females in it. And we said, no, that's because when those hundreds of thousands of people appeared on the beaches, uh, they were fighting men. Nobody was discriminating against women or whatever. That was 75 years ago. They were fighting men. I can't do anything about that. I can't squeeze some females in because other than those who are tragically getting killed, there weren't any women there. At which point the distributor said, hmm, okay, so we haven't got a female angle. Is there any way we can make the whole D-Day thing a bit more fun? Uh, I, that, you know what, that probably, and again, I had to say to him, I'll go back to some of the families of those who died on D-Day, whose bodies have never been repatriated. So I'll go and ask them if, if we could make it a bit more fun. Um, that is the media mentality in many areas uh, that we are, uh, are living with that is sad. And that's why we don't play that game. And you don't wow. either. I love what you do. And, and I love your accent. Thank you. It's been so fun to talk Thank to you. someone who sounds like Ricky Gervais for the last 40 minutes. Uh, where can we find you? So everybody who wants to see um, yes. your documentaries, so you, where do we get them? Uh, okay, I'm going to make a bold decision here. Uh, so um, for a lot of our documentaries, you can go uh, to... Um, uh, you can go to uh, Netflix. You can find uh, History's Greatest Aircraft is on Netflix and a bunch of others. And I know I'm about to get a hailstorm of uh, messages from my colleagues. Uh, so I'm just going to put that up. I can look at um, You can go to Coleman Television. Um, right, here they come. Uh, you can go to ColemanTelevision.com and you can see some of the links to them. Uh, a documentary we made about a remarkable organization called Veterans Airlift Command who fly post 9-11 military uh, veterans around who've got injuries for compassionate and medical reasons. Uh, it's a, a documentary called For Military Merit, award-winning, uh, and uh, another one that Rachel Bull uh, made. You can find that on Netflix. It's called For Military Merit. Uh, you can also find a lot of our content. I'm literally reading from a script down here now. Uh, you, you can find a lot of our content uh, on Pluto TV. And I'm going to take a bold decision now. Uh, if you want to find out more and you're thinking, I'd like to see more of their stuff, email me. I'm probably going to wish I hadn't done this. You can email me, <laughs> Nick, N-I-K, there's no C, N-I-K, at colemantelevision.com. Uh, oh, and God bless your producer for putting up our, uh, our, um, uh, for putting up yes. our website there. With um, uh, Yeah, you can see that's the grassy knoll. A curiosity stream somewhere else you can see our documentaries um and yeah we'll happily share with you as well maybe at some other time we'll share with you some of the wackier um uh, documentaries we've done and um I'd some love of the, to have you uh, on again. the doc documentaries coming up the other one i wanted to mention just because it's so ridiculous uh we've got we've got a documentary coming up i don't know whether you call what you call them in the uh, in the in uh, canada do you call fish fingers yeah. fish fingers or do you call them fish sticks Oh. Small fish breaded sticks. sticks uh, fish sticks. Yeah. They're a in the fingers. UK. They're called fish fingers in the UK. We, yeah, but no fish. We invented fish fingers in the UK. Once again, we're doing a big documentary about the history of fish fingers. So you've got John F. Kennedy's assassination, people with severe mental disability, <laughs> and, and thongs. Fish and thongs. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the it's one totally of thongs. We I would love to work have with opinions. you. We, yeah. <laughs> we'd love to work with you. We'd, we'd, we'd love to make a documentary with you. So see if we can make that happen. So funny. I, I would love that. It's it's in my heart as well to do this kind of work. So you know what? You are just uh, just a wonderful person. Thank you for sharing your opinions Thanks. and that we can have a real dialogue um, and talk about real things while we can, you know, while we can. Great. So thank you so much. And I'll see you in the UK to one see day the truth. Well. Lovely to meet you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Well, that really was enjoyable. Um, I don't know, you know, even the accent, you kind of get the feeling that he could just tell you, you know, anything and you're just listening to that accent. It really did remind me of, of Ricky Gervais. And I appreciate that he brought up some of the humor. I mean, Ricky Gervais, he's the kind of guy that gets up in all of the, you know, Hollywood's um, elite and basically says, you know, you're 
a bunch of screw-ups, basically. And I mean, the, the, the man is very fearless. I admire that about him. Sometimes his language is a bit much, but, um, you know, God's working on him, I'm sure. So <clears throat> let's get, hopefully let's get, uh, Toby, let's book Nick again for not too not too long away so that we can talk about more of the things that they uncover, uh, particularly as well the JFK <clears throat> um, story, I think, is something worth noting because we're hearing more and more about how our own governments, I mean, the CIA can be, you know, involved in horrendous things like that. I mean, what does that all mean when the government is actually the one that's, you know, responsible for killing people? Um, so I'm having a blast here, everyone, in Denver, Colorado. I'll see if anyone can tell me about the alien shafts underneath the, the airport, see if anybody tries to give me a ridiculous story on that. It's all conspiracy theories, isn't it? Um, I'm shocked to hear that maybe those Roswell aliens, like they don't have them. I thought they did, you know, nah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have much to say about aliens except, uh, you know, there's been all these sightings that Tucker Carlson was talking about about a year ago that it's just, you know, and Obama came out with it too, that they're just kind of releasing a lot of stuff that the, the guys that are in military flying around, you know, the skies have seen a lot of these alien encounters and have filmed them. And they're starting to just be more honest about telling the public about it. What is that? Do you know? I don't know. What is that? Um, I do think that we shouldn't rule out demonic, demonic presence, just to say. It could be that too. Demons are powerful. They've been given given authority on, you know, according to the Bible, they've been given authority on our planet. Um, God kicked them out of heaven, Lucifer and his torrid angels, and put them on earth. And they sort of have, you know, a, a, a bit of a time to reign and cause havoc here. So why not? Why not show themselves up? Uh, the Bible says that uh, the devil can appear as an angel of light. So... What if he's appearing as um, weird, strange forces out there? And of course, you know, if, if some of us disappear one day, because uh, in the twinkling of an eye, the word says that we will meet with God. Um, and, you know, maybe, I don't know, some people call it a rapture. I don't know. The, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Uh, but some people just say it's when Jesus finally says there's enough. And the, the Bible says it's going to get so bad that unless God shortened the days, there would be no one left. Well, we're beginning to see some pretty horrible things, but I think we still have time because I can still get a latte anywhere I want. I can still fly anywhere I want. For a season, I wasn't allowed to eat in a restaurant because of crazy Trudeau, but you know, um, that passed. What, have, what do they have planned next? Well, just imprisonment and fines. No big deal. I can handle it. All right, so... Um, the, the one thing I'd like to go to, I think, is, uh, JT, I had a share there. Can you see it? So with this bill that they're putting out, this is the very dangerous part of it. And I think that um, I think that Ezra Levant did a really good job of sort of saying, like, they're hiding. Oh, aren't you against child trafficking? Oh, aren't you against child pornography? Aren't you against people that cause terrorist acts and, and, and all of that? And you're like, of course we are. We've actually been fighting that a lot harder than you have, you bunch of whatevers. Um, and also, we've also had bills that are for the protection. Do any of you know? And what was interesting to me is that Ezra Levant said he wasn't familiar with this portion that's right here on the screen. Now, Ezra, shame on you. <laughs> how, uh, Ezra, how did you not know that this was there? Because we've been talking about this for a long time because we're upset about the pictures. Well, the, the, the children's books that are in all of our schools that depict sexual acts between adults, between homosexuals, between um, heterosexuals, like it's just all sexualized and, and it's pictures of naked people. And, and it's so gross, I don't even want to give you a description. So here's what it says. It says, uh, in the Criminal Code of Canada, 162.1, Everyone who knowingly publishes, distributes, transmits, sells, makes available, or advertises an intimate image of a person knowing that that person depicted in the image <clears throat> did not give their consent to that conduct, or being reckless as to whether or not that person gave their consent to that conduct, is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than five years, or be an offense uh, punishable on summary conviction. 
So in this section, intimate image means a visual recording of a person made by any means, including a photographic film or video recording in which the person is nude, is exposing his or her genital organs, okay? So it goes on to say, and I don't actually have the criminal code pulled up here, um, it goes on to say that you are not permitted to show any visual sexual pictures to children. So, so all of this is already a protection from what this new bill of hate crime, uh, where uh, what they were talking about earlier, where where you might put somebody's um, body or their, you know, their person up against uh, their will, but also. The criminal code says specifically, you may not show a child any of that. You may not show a child a picture, a pornographic picture. That is against the law. We already have protections against that. All that the government needs to do is stand by the criminal codes that they already have, which of course they don't. So uh, this is a red herring. It's all a ruse in order to bring punishment on those who dare to speak the truth. So who determines what is hate speech? If I say it is vile to lead children into cutting off beautiful body parts, their organs, if I am to say this is vile, this is hideous, it's insanity, it's evil, it's pure evil. That is A, my opinion, B, I'm allowed to have opinions and speak it out in Canada. And number three, it's not coming from a place of hate, but rather protection of the child. What are these psychopaths in schools doing? Teaching children that somehow they're going to be better off to never have sex, never have a good sex life? Because I, I don't know how they're going to have a good sex life when you cut off their penis. As a dude, like it ain't working. You put them into a high suicidality category because they realize this didn't work. And I've been listening to these uh, YouTubers and broadcasts on detransitioners. They can't get their breasts back. They can't get their privates back to the normal, beautiful way God made them. And they're now alone. Because think about it very carefully. When you transition, you really limit the amount of people in life who would want to be your life partner or somebody that you spend a lot of time with. Um, you know, marriage, uh, your soulmate. You limit the amount of people who would really find that transgender side attractive to be with. You, you almost, you ha you'd have to be searching for a needle in the haystack. Because if you're gay, I guess, you know, you're, okay, let's say you're a gay male then you want a male. You don't want a female who's trying to be a male, who can't pull off the penis thing. You don't want that. So let's say that you're a heterosexual. Well, you probably don't want somebody who's altered their parts, you know. If you're a transsexual, well maybe you're doing that because you want to be the opposite gender and you're attracted to the same gender as you were, but now a lesbian, well, she doesn't, she maybe Maybe she wanted to be with you if you're a girl, but now she doesn't want to be with you because you've actually got a fake penis put on your body. So the gays don't want you, the lesbians don't want you, heterosexuals find it odd, and you know, you look strange. So where do you find true love? Where do you find somebody who wants to stay with you for the rest of your life and build a, a relationship so you become very alone? So do you know who explained this to me the best was a guy who was struggling with transgenderism. And he really, really wanted to be a woman, but he knew he never could be. So he never went through operations. But he really explained to me that the whole thing here is that you're lonely. So you end up being suicidal because you feel like, you know, well, maybe, maybe nobody loves me. So it's a very difficult thing. Uh, my website is laurelin.tv. And on this show, we talk about very difficult things. On this show, we respectfully sometimes without, you know, holding back. We, we talk about uh, what's really happening. We talk about the truth. We've been here to talk about the truth regarding the vaccines and the harms. We've been here to talk about the truth about transgenderism. We've been here to talk about the truth of what Canada is doing to us. And 
So we appreciate if you like this kind of content that you would be willing to go to our website at laurelin.tv and um, wow, it's all changed, isn't it? Annika's been changing our website, everybody. We kind of have a new website I see there, JT. That's cool. So somewhere on that website should be a donate page, a donate button, and I don't know where that is anymore. But if you could help us, uh, we appreciate it. If you be, can make a one-time donation, right there, there it is, donate now. You can become a monthly partner. That is really helpful for just a little bit. I mean, anywhere from $5 to, you know, a, a thousand bucks a month. Hey, that would be absolutely fantastic if the Lord is putting that on your heart today. <laughs> All right, but for any absolute amount, it, it means a lot to us if you'll support us monthly. Also, you can be an anonymous donor, and the only way that we can thank our precious anonymous donors is right here, and we do thank you. It means the world to us. It means the world that you donate. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. To all the others, we hope that we send you a thank you and we send, send out cards. Snail mail is also available, and that's, that's box 48184. And if you could add Queensboro to that, box 48184, Queensboro, New Westminster, BC, B3M0A7. If you don't add Queensboro, I've been asking JT for several weeks now to put, put Queensboro in, but it's okay. I still love him. It's all right. Um, but if you don't put Queensboro, it still gets to us. It's just that, I don't know, a couple packages got returned because nobody could find where it was supposed to go. So um, then there's also e-transfer, Laura Lynn Live at ProtonMail.com. So you, uh, you mean a lot to us. And as I close today, I want to remind you that we are doing an incredible um, event with Dr. William Mackis in Vancouver, March 8th. And all of the information is there on the screen. It's also at my website, laurelin.tv. And Dr. William Mackis has been calling out the pedophiles. He's been calling out the Canadian, broad, uh, Canadian broadcast system. I talk about too many issues. He's been calling out the Canadian... Um, uh, you know, our health authorities. He's been calling them out because, what's that? Say it again, hon. Yeah, our medical authorities. Exactly. Thanks, hon. Um, and so he's been exposing how pedophiles have been able to keep being, on, keep being doctors in our country and even, you know, brought into British Columbia under, you know, Bonnie Henry. So we're going to be talking uh, with him at the Scottish Cultural Center. We're doing a huge event and it's absolutely free to go. We'd just like to know if you're coming, if you could go to the QR and just register would be nice. We have limited seating, everybody, but um, you know, even if you don't register, just be sure to come. And it's just that we're hoping that, you know, we have the right amount of seats up for everyone. And we're also, um, we're going to be um, just taking a donation for Eli Ibera and many of you know Alicio and he is the worship leader that did many of our events and he has been very very sick his wife has had to leave work and uh, they are just in the fight of their lives and so we are hoping he will be okay enough to come and do some songs for us so we're gonna have some music um, we're gonna hear his story and then dr william Marcus is gonna punch it out of the park with his information not only about this pedophile infiltration into our medical system but also, also uh, the harms that have come to our loved ones and some of you who have basically been told by the government that it was safe, by the medical establishment that it was safe to take the shots and it was not safe. And he is showing what is going on and the latest on all of that. So March 8th, hope to see you there. And I've got to go everyone. Thank you so much for your love and your kindness. I will leave you with this first. If we could go back, I think I'm uh, if you could go to my share, I want to remind you of what I started with here. I think this is a very important verse. If I can highlight it again for you, John 12, 42 to 43. And it says this, yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders believed in him. So what this is talking about is that as Jesus was in the, in the earth, many of the, the leaders, the Pharisees, they didn't all reject him. They believed in him. They, they went, wow, this is him. This is the Messiah that the, the Torah, the Old Testament spoke of coming. This is him. But, and that's a big but. You see that but there? But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. 
We're still facing this today. People are fearful. They're fearful of rejection. They're fearful that if I'm honest about what I think, if I speak out on issues, uh, I'm going to be ostracized from my company, my workplace, my church. So even the leaders today in Canada have been silent on many issues. Why? Because they're fearful of being put out of the synagogue. You know how they say the more things change, the more they stay the same? This is it. It's still the same. All of these years later, almost 2,000 years later, the, the righteous leaders still afraid, still afraid to speak the truth because maybe they'll be put out. Maybe they'll be criticized. And now we're facing our government not wanting us to speak the truth and trying to impose sanctions that would, you know, put folks who dare to speak the truth, like myself, into tremendous jeopardy. I'm telling you, everyone, this is very serious. It's very serious. And we're going to have to see what happens here and how do we respond and what is the price needed to be paid to stand up for freedom. And I certainly hope that the Conservative Party of Canada will be speaking out on it. I know that Maxime Bernier will be speaking out on it. Um, so we can't wait to, to hear these different people and, and how they're, you know, are they too afraid to speak out on things like this? Or will they call it draconian and, you know. I just uh, finished seeing Eric Metaxas' film. Um, it was absolutely epic. It's only an hour long, but it really tells the story of what happened in, in uh, Hitler's Germany during that era how they gained control of the media, how they made everyone afraid to speak the truth. And because they did that, that became why people were silent and didn't stand up for what was right. And so this scripture says, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. And I will tell you right now, personally, I do not love human praise more than the praise of God. I've had plenty of rejection in this life, plenty of people that, you know, don't don't appreciate my views on, on these things. It doesn't matter. And sometimes even the church just thinks you should be, shh, shh, don't say anything. Don't, don't speak the truth. Don't stand up for what you know is right. These Pharisees wouldn't stand up for knowing that the Messiah had actually come. Who knows, but if they had stood, that there would have been a greater acceptance, there would have been, um, a larger understanding of who Jesus truly was at this time. It never pays to be silent. It's only right to speak up, to speak the truth, to be salt and light, and above all, to protect our children and not let those hideous people be the ones who propagandize our children. God bless everyone. See you soon. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.